verse to you out of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read actually two verses out of there. Two verses. The message today is stuck. Have you ever got felt stuck sometimes? Maybe right now you feel stuck in your own life, okay? Uh, but I want to read a, a verse here as we go on, um, and then we'll, we'll go on with the message. Uh, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church, in Jesus Christ, to all generations, forever and ever. It says, to him who is able, amen, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, all that we could think, according to the power that works within us, and to him be the glory. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes life, um, life is a series of ups and downs. In fact, life, Bible, the Bible describes life many times as a journey. You know, even in the, the walk of faith. Uh, you know, I walk with God. Whoever, uh, whoever wants, uh, you, Jesus says, whoever wants to follow me, you need to pick up the cross and follow me. Okay, we are disciples. We are followers of Christ. So there is a constant motion, uh, if you would. God set out the life to begin and life to be something that keeps going. In fact, he set out time. The whole concept of time implies a movement, okay? The, the clock is always ticking. I was talking to a, a friend uh, recently, and, uh, and, and they are dealing with some things in their lives, and, uh, and, uh, and, and there are th- things that he needs to take, he, he needs to take uh, some action on his part. And, and the thing is like, I was like, well, here's the problem. God is very gracious to us. He's very merciful. He's very patient with us. But God lives in a different realm. He lives in a different realm where there is, there is timeless, you know, and he, he acts in a different type of line. Problem is, we don't always have the time because the clock doesn't wait for us. The clock keeps ticking. And, so, and so, so as we see through the scripture is that the, 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 the motion, God set things in motion. It was always his intent that things move, that things move. Unfortunately, sometimes we get stuck. I can tell you, getting stuck isn't a place where God wants us to be. But it does happen. Okay? Some people respond and stay there. They decide to build a tent. Maybe the tent doesn't work out. They start building a foundation. And they get a permanent building and they're alive. You're just stuck right there for, you know, I'm going to leave here. That's not God's intention. He wants us to keep on the move. He told Abraham, I want you to go from your family, from the place that you grew up. I want you to go to a place that I will show you. And Abraham is a guy that you see his whole life, he was on the move. He was on the move. God wants us to be on the move. Uh, About uh, a year and a half ago, you know, uh, well, almost two years ago, we knew we were having a, a seventh child. And the seventh child actually brings a lot of changes in your life, just so you, uh, you don't know. If you're thinking about the seventh child, let me, let me help you a little bit. You st- it's the moment you realize there is no car, there is no SUV, there is no station wagon that can fit all of you. And you think, okay, maybe I'm going to now have to change and go to this uh, industrial um, uh, van and I tried out the 15 passenger. One guy that had 10 kids told us, hey, you should get a 15 passenger van. You'll never regret it. And I'm thinking of my wife. She's thinking, hey, if I did 15 passengers, you're going, how many kids can I add to this car? I'm thinking, well, you know, 15 passenger. Maybe I won't go that route, you know. 
I got to put some limit, you know, so. And then, so I went to Missouri, got myself a nice uh, toaster, and that the kid can get all the, that, that, that car has all sorts of names. It's a school bus, it's a toaster, what, 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 this, all sorts of names, you know. But anyway, I, I was used to driving a car with power, four-wheel drive, and uh, you could just get in snow and everything. So I come out to a church on, uh, in the evening on Saturday. I, was gonna, I forgot something in the office. Then I pull over here to check uh, if we have a propane left. You know, is it, people, are people going to freeze at church tomorrow, or do we have enough in the tanker to get us warm? What I didn't know is that my car was very light on the back, and I didn't have four-wheel drive. And uh, I didn't wear a coat or anything. I just had my shirt because I was going to be in the car, go in and out. You know, I can handle cold for, for 10 minutes. And um, I got stuck back there. And for whatever reason, it was during the football season too, every person that claims to be my friend <laughs> was out doing something. And I know what they were doing. They were watching the game. I said, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. You know, I couldn't. The guy that actually, and, and I tell you, so it's getting cold. I have no coat. I have nothing. And uh, none of my, I thought I had friends. You know, they say when you're in trouble, you really know who are your friends. You know, I was like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Actually, Louis Fox showed up. And Louis, God bless you. You're a friend in need. A friend indeed. And, 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 he, get, and he got me out of, um, <clears throat> of being stuck. And, uh, and I was able to go home. I was alive came back and preached the next morning. You all know it. But, but sometimes in your going, you know, I was having, having a good time. Life was going on as normal, you know. I was just ran to church. I told my wife I'll be back in 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, you know. But it changes. It changed without my knowing, without my plan, without my doing. And now things begin to get uncomfortable. Okay? Things begin to get uncomfortable. And I think that that actually tells us, that tells us uh, the story of life, is that we do find ourselves sometimes stuck. It could be with your job. Maybe you've been at the same job forever, and you've had a dream for so long. It's like, man, God put a dream in my heart. There's something i got to fulfill. There's something i got to do. But you're still at the same place. People are coming in. They're getting promoted, and you've been faithful. Clogging in your time. Nothing is happening for you. Or it could be just even your walk with God. People are excited about Jesus. You used to be excited about Jesus. The word used to turn you on and feel so excited. You're on fire. You want to tell everybody about the Lord. Um, when, you, when you open your mouth to pray, it's like, wow, there's just a river that flows from heaven. Uh, and sometimes we get stuck and we don't know what to do. And, uh, and there's a many, there are many reasons we end up finding. Even marriages get stuck. You just keep going through the motions. Things were good. It was exciting back then. And, and, and now it's just like, uh, yeah, just, just, just living life. But there's no life in it. There's no fire. There's no joy. There's no passion. There's no zeal. I want to tell you that that's not God's intent. That's not God's um, uh, for us. It's not God's plan for us. Uh, he doesn't desire for our life to be that way. Like the guy that wouldn't invite anybody. He wants to give us abundant life. He wants us to give us our life that is fulfilling. And when we get stuck, only he can help us, can he? Now, there is a reason why, you know, there are different reasons why we get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck, and, the, and it's just because of our circumstances that go beyond 
our control. Nothing we could have done to help it. Not our fault at all. Just a result of living in a broken world, living in a world system um, uh, that, uh, that is uh, corrupted. And so uh, things that happen to us sometimes, we have no control. Uh, there are several times you see through the Bible, people trying to figure out. Uh, Job is a good example. When he was going through his trials and his testing, some of his friends says, Job, maybe you've sinned against the Lord. Maybe you've done this. You need to repent. And somebody, Job didn't sin. The book of Job begins with Job was a righteous man. In fact, God brags about Job and how awesome he was and how righteous he was. You know, you see another guy that uh, Jesus heals another uh, uh, blind man. And, and people say to Jesus as well, did this guy sin or did his parents sin for him to have? Jesus says, neither of them sinned. Are you with me? So sometimes we find ourselves in the situation where we're stuck, but, because, but it's not because of anything of our doing. We just happen to be at the wrong place, at the wrong time, in a bad, broken world. And there are times that we are stuck because of the trials and the attacks of the enemy. The enemy is always looking to whom he might devour. The scripture says that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he might devour. He comes with one intent. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And he wants to frustrate your life. He would attack you every single time you're taking a step, you're moving on up. He wants to assault you. He wants to dare you. Uh, he wants to bring you down all the time. Are we going to recognize that? But sometimes that's why we get stuck. He attacks your finances. He attacks your family. He attacks people that you love. He attacks you at home, and, and the enemy uh, would, would, would attack you. In fact, the Bible says that we are not to think that uh, 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 sometimes uh, we are not to, to uh, God doesn't test anybody with evil. Okay, he doesn't test with evil. Number three, we get, uh, we find ourselves stuck just because God is setting us up. It's a test. It's a test of our faith. And that's where sometimes I find people get confused between the attack of the enemy and the test of faith. The attack of the enemy and the test of faith. Because the enemy wants to frustrate you. And definitely the enemy um, uh, will attack you. Definitely the enemy doesn't want to see blessing in your life. He doesn't want you to move forward. He doesn't want you to see progress in your life. Okay? But there are times in your walk that God is setting you up. God is testing your faith. Abraham was a good example. I keep quoting Abraham. Okay? Things are going well with Abraham. He's been obedient to God. He's faithful to God. God releases the promise that he had promised Abraham, and he gets a, a son, and then God says, I want you to give him my son. I want you to do something unthinkable that you would never imagine God to do that. But God wasn't wanting to destroy Abraham God was building, was testing Abraham's faith. We are told in the New Testament that the testing of our faith produces patience. And when that's taken its full time, it will produce character in us. So, so sometimes it's good for us to understand that that is uh, another reason we find ourselves uh, uh, stuck. And, and, and lastly, the other reason is that we get ourselves stuck because of consequences of our own decisions. Okay? Consequences of our own decision. If you make $3,000 a month and you consistently spend $4,200.50 a month, 
at one point it's going to catch up with you. And you're going to get stuck. And in all those scenarios, the enemy has something he wants to take, that he would do. God has something that he would do, and we have something that we would do. Okay? The enemy will always try to take advantage, regardless of why we got where we are. Whether it was our own doing, whether it was just unfortunate situations, whether it was just trials, the enemy will talk to try advantage of it. He will attack your faith. If it wasn't your own doing, nothing you did, he will attack your hope, getting yourself to think, oh my goodness, why would God let this happen to me? And, 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 and when he attacks your faith, he, he brings doubt. We just yell, God is good. I sing because you are good, and I dance because you are good. Yeah? That's a great song. And then you get hit by something unexpected. You get slapped and you think, wow, you forget. You can quickly forget about the goodness of God. And so he wants to assault that and see where your faith is. He wants to assault that so that you would reject God. Because some people, when they are confronted with difficulties, they will begin to back away from God. They get offended by God. John the Baptist had a situation like that. You know, John the Baptist was anointed. God called him for, to, 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 to prepare a way for Jesus. But John the Baptist's ministry was really interesting because he prepared a way for Jesus and he ended up in jail. Once Jesus started his ministry, John the Baptist ended up dying a really disgraceful uh, death. But yet he fulfilled his call. And Jesus sent a message to John the Baptist in jail, and he told John, blessed is he who is not offended by me. John had found probably himself saying, God, I was faithful. I can stay true to the ministry. I stay true to the call. And look where I am now, you know. And Jesus is now running around doing all his ministry and all that. And John's disciples are getting all upset. Well, we, we gave up all these things and look at his disciples. They don't even have to do nothing. And sometimes the enemy will assault your faith and begin to doubt God. And when you have the spirit of doubt in you, Man, you have problems because nothing in the kingdom happens without faith. Your own salvation depends on faith, whoever believes. And so if you could attack that, Job was an example too. He was attacked, but he came to something. He made a statement that was really profound to me and it's very challenging as well. He said, Lord, even though you slay me, yet I will trust in you. He got into a point like, I don't know where my troubles are coming from, whether they're coming from the pit of hell, whether it's my own consequences. And, and even if God is slapping me right now, I don't care. My trust in you is firm. And that's when we need to realize and re- allow the love of God to permeate our hearts and to understand how wide, how deep, how great his love is for us. That no matter what we go through, we know that he loves us. We know that he is good. 
We know that his kindness never ends. Things might change around the world, but I know that God is good. I might not be able to understand what's going on, but I know God is good. The psalmist said in Psalm 131, he says, My heart is not haughty, my heart is not proud, but neither do I concern myself with matters that are too profound for me, too difficult for me. I think it takes a place of humility to say, God, I know that I don't have the wisdom to understand all things, and therefore I will not concern myself with matters that are too profound for me. That is a good place to be because there are some times in your life you will get stuck and you won't be able to understand it. And we're always trying to get an answer. Tell me. Let me write it down. Well, maybe you cannot understand it. Maybe it is too profound for us. But in those cases, when you stand and say, God, I know that you're good. I know that you cause all things to work together for my good. No matter what happens, you take what the enemy had intended for my destruction and you, and you use it for good. Amen? Amen? God, the enemy will also attack. He will attack your hope. He will bombard you with guilt if it is your own fault. If it's your own fault, if the consequences of your own decision. Guilt and condemnation. And sometimes that can paralyze a person and think, why even try? I keep on trying, and every time I try, I fail. Why bother? Why lift a finger anymore? I'm just going to sit here in the mud, and I'm going to camp here. That's just the way things are going to be for me. Okay? And, and, and guilt doesn't come from God. Condemnation is not from God. Romans 1, 8, 1, that they, now there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? God never condemns us. John 3, 17. Jesus said that the Son of the Word says that the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world will come through, that the world will be saved through him. Amen? Jesus never brings condemnation. So when you want to know if the Lord is dealing with you, is the Lord trying to change you, is the Lord trying to help you, if it's from God... It will not be rooted in condemnation. Now, the Holy Spirit will convict you, which will lead to change, which will lead to repentance, which is change, but God will never condemn you. See the difference? Condemnation will repel you from God. Condemnation will cause you to run away from God. Condemnation will take you back off from the only one that could help you. But conviction will lead you to godly sorrow if it is your own decision. And you'll start taking the right kind of action, which is repentance in action. It's not just what you confess, but taking a different step of direction. Now start spending $2,999 for a while. Maybe you could keep decreasing that. And then things will start changing. You know, it'll take a long time. You know, so you could take a cause of action that's different than what you've done in the past. We are always in those circumstances, and I'm doing, I'm doing all this interchangeably. We are always, we are always um, um, <clears throat> in power. Uh, it's always a choice. That's what the word I'm looking for. It's always a choice as to how we're going to react or respond to, to those situations, whether it was our own doing or the enemy is attacking us or just consequences of autism or we're being tested. We always have a choice how we're going to respond. 
Listen to the verse we read earlier. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. That where does the power work? It's not a test. In us. God uses the power that works inside of us. It always astounds me that the God links the power to our participation, our involvement, our choice, because God never violates our will. Did you hear what I just said? He's gentle. The enemy is a bully. He won't take, he'll take advantage every single time an opportunity opens. You don't have to open the door for the enemy. You run outside like I tell my kids all the time to get their bike and they leave the door popped open. I say, close that door, I don't want the flies in the house. And they forget it all the time. The enemy will wait for that opportunity I'll sneak in and he'll have a steak dinner when you come back. But God knocks the door. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody hears my voice, Anybody hears my voice? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me, George? Are you hearing me, Sean? Are you hearing me? He says, whoever opens the door, then I will come in. And I will dine with him and he with me. God, we're told of the Holy Spirit being he is a gentle spirit. So he will not impose his will on you, but he will lead you. But when you open the door, the Lord will guide you. The Lord will guide you. He will bless you. He will comfort you. Because he gave you, he created you with a will. And you have to exercise that will to say, God, I need you in my life. God, I messed up. God, I don't know how I ended up in this situation. But when I look into the hills, I'm so confused. I don't understand anything. When I look into my hills, I still, you are still my hope. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The Lord says that um, um, uh, he will always... Uh, and then, so basically, at that point, we basically take our will to correspond with God's will, and we see the blessing come into our lives. And sometimes the blessing comes, not that we are taken out of that uh, um, um, uh, situation that we're in. Sometimes you need that. But sometimes if it's from God, it's a lesson that we can learn from it. Character is developer. Hope, uh, we, we grow and we get out of that place stronger than we were before, even though it's difficult. It may be difficult. At the end, we are better off because it's building who we are. I know I could talk to many of you uh, that have situations that if it was your choice, you would have never gone through them. But when you look back at a time, you say, wow, I'm sure glad things played out the way they did. Have you ever gone, maybe interviewed for a job that you wanted so bad you put all your money in it. You want it, and then you didn't get it and got so disappointed. Things did not work out the way you wanted, you know, and thought maybe you were overlooked or something like that happened. Years down the road later, you realize, wow, God was in it even when I, I didn't get it. How many can relate to that? And it happens all the time. So the Lord is going before us. He's watching our path, and he wants, he wants us to grow. So if it's from the Lord, we will grow from the situation. Here's a good thing. With God, 
whether we messed up, whether the enemy is attacking us, <laughs> or whether it's a test. God is always gracious. God is always merciful. God is always faithful. God is always able. He doesn't treat us as like, oh boy, you messed up, you're done. No. Have you ever lost grace from somebody? There are some people lost grace from you. I have lost grace from people. They've given up on me, or maybe I've given up on them. But God says he will never give up on us. He says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He says even though we fall, even seven times, he will still be there for us. Be respectful. God has the power. I love that, that he, he says, now to him who is able. <laughs> to him who is able. I might have a good heart, but I'm not able to do all things. But he is able. He's able to take you out of the hole you've dug yourself. He's able to take you out of the hole that the enemy is digging for you. He's able to take you out even through the testing that he's putting in your life to grow your faith. Because he says that there is no temptation about that which is uh, common to man. And when, <laughs> even when we are confronted with temptation, God will not permit anything that we cannot handle. It says because he is faithful. Let me read that verse. Let me read it. Maybe I, I misquoted it here. But you get the spirit of the verse, don't you? No temptation has overtaken you, except that which is common to mankind. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And God is faithful. Come on, say God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. I think it goes on to say that even with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape. He will give you a way out. A way that you would have never even thought about. Amen? And some of you might be, you might be in a place right now where you feel stuck, honestly, and, and, and you're maybe co very concerned about your life. Maybe you've given up or, or, or just confused about where to go. I want to encourage you with that word that he is faithful. He is able and he is faithful. The times that we are living in are very interesting. And it's so easy to get caught up in what's going on around us when God says we need to be looking within. And I'm not propagating. It's like this self-positive um, um, energy from within myself. That's not what I'm saying. Hear me out. I'll tell you, it's not that. The power is in, in us. But what's the power? What's our power? It is Christ. It's the word of God. Jeremiah 33 says this, that in the last days that God will write his words in our hearts, that he will write his commands in our hearts, his word implanted in our heart, because it's that word that's the power. John 1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he goes on to say that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So what's the word? Jesus. Are you still following me? The sequence? Jesus is the word. Jeremiah back, back then prophesied that the word will be in us. What happens when we get saved? The word gets in us. It's not by our positive energy and that. No, it's Jesus in you. It's Christ in you that I can do all things through Christ. Yeah. 
That power is in you. Sometimes we are waiting for something outside to come help us. When Jesus says you're saved, the word is in your heart. Jesus is in your life. That's the power to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask according to the power that is at work within you. Jesus, is Jesus working in you? That's what he's saying. It's the power of Jesus. Friends, born again believers, Jesus resides in you. The word that came and dwelt among us, the word that came and became flesh, the word that came, that word is in us. That's the word that's going to get us out of the mouth of the enemy. That's the word that will get us to condemn the attacks of the enemy. That's the word that will comfort us when we have no strength, when our strength is failing. That's the word that will heal us. The word says in Exodus that he sent his word to heal us. You feel stuck? God is on the move. God is on the move. When you're in the valley of the shadow of death, don't stay there. Okay, you go through it. You go through it. You go through it. And in the end, you'll come out victorious. Some things we cannot explain. Some things we don't understand. But we know that our God is faithful. Our God is able to get us even out of our own problems that we created. That's, about, that's why we have mercy from God. And guess what about His mercies? They are new even today. Is God speaking to you today? God knows where you are at, and God will not waste, God will not waste any trial, any pain, because he says, even that which the enemy, and I said this earlier, had intended for evil, he would turn it around for your good. How he works it, I don't know. He's God, and I'm not, but I trust him. That's when my faith came in, I put my trust in him, amen? We'll go on with the same theme the next couple of weeks. And I know I have so much I want to give, but we don't have enough time. So you've got to come next week and we'll continue. But I believe that the Lord is, is doing something in us. And the people are going to, this, this year isn't over yet. And God is going to propel people forward. You're going to be catapulted into a new level and break out of that being stuck. Sometimes you need the Lewis Fox to pull you out. And God will pull you out. God will pull you out. Whatever you are, God is with, because He is able. Now to him who is able, now to him who is able, say that with me, to him who is able to do exceedingly, put it up there, let's do it together. I want us to declare that word, amen? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Was it up there? Not? That verse we read? Not. Okay. I'll read it to you. Oh, there it is. Can we do it with a strong voice? In fact, stand up. Let's do it because we want to end here. But we want to declare this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Father, we thank you that you are more than able. You are more than able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. Oh God, today, Lord, we stand here in your presence, oh God. We stand here, Lord, to honor you. We stand here to worship you. We stand here, oh God, to lift up your name, oh God. 
And Father, I know that sometimes the enemy of our faith uh, would come uh, to, to attack us. And there are different ones today that maybe are feeling stuck in their lives. I want you to just raise your hand. I believe the power of God is being released right now. Just raise your hand and begin to release. Father, I pray right now. I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Oh, that makes us whole. Father, we take authority over the works of the enemy that comes to us assault the people of God. Maybe in our, in our families, maybe it's our health, maybe it's in our finances, oh God, irrespective of where the place might be. We declare that we are the children of God. We take authority over the lie of the enemy who comes to steal and to destroy. We take authority in the name of Jesus and we bind every lie. We bind every fear. We bind every spirit of deception. We bind every lie, every attack of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And right now I pray for a release of the power of God. A release of the power of God, oh God. A song that's put in a new in our our mouth, oh God. A new song. Oh God, a new song of praise. A new song of worship. A new song of understanding, oh God. In the name of Jesus. I declare right now the joy of God. The joy of the Lord. Oh, Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray all over this center. Begin to worship. I feel that the Spirit of God is moving right now. He's moving right now in this place. Come on, God's people, raise your voices. Pray in the Spirit right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord right now is wanting to flood people with joy. He was wanting to flood hearts with joy. You haven't laughed. You haven't smiled in a real way. Not the official smile, the fake smile that you have to put on. But God wants to put a joy in your spirit that the, 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 the smile and the joy will actually um, um, <clears throat> show in your face. It will be true joy. And the reason the Lord is wanting to deposit joy because the joy of the Lord as a believer, is your strength. And as I was praying, I just felt the Lord. I saw, I, saw, I saw this image of just a river being poured into people's heart, bringing refreshing, washing off baggage, washing off things, worry, washing off fear, unbelief. And the Lord wants to just put joy, joy in your heart. That's you. I want you to just raise your, voice, your hands right now and just begin to receive it. And you receive it by praise right now. Just begin to receive it because it's right here. There's a joy. There's a joy that's being poured out. Hallelujah. Oh, let the river of the Lord. Oh, the river that brings joy in the city of God be released right now in the name of Jesus. Washing away every child, washing away every, dis- every fear. Let the joy of the Lord flood your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for peace. I pray for peace, oh God. Those, oh God, oh God, they're tossing and turning at night, worried on the road, worried on the job, worried about life. I pray right now that the peace of God that passes understanding to rule their minds, to rule their hearts right now, let there be a deposit in your presence of peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As the worship team leads us right now, I believe that the Lord is still working. He works when we worship. He works in His presence. Where the presence of the Lord is. The Bible says that there is fullness. There is fullness of joy. And we usher His presence by our worship. And they're going to lead us with a few songs. These altars are going to be open. I want to tell you, take time to come to the altar. 
you know, let the Lord minister to you in the next few moments. If you need prayer, if you need someone else to just stand with you in prayer, we're going to have the pastors around here and different leaders up here just praying. But you can come on the altar on yourself. But as the leaders, I want us to reach out to heaven and just worship him. Let's usher him in his presence because it's in the presence of the Lord that we find fullness of joy. Father, we praise you.